As powerful and innovative as the cloud is, it's complex and ever-changing. From a security standpoint, this creates a lot of challenges and loopholes. Now, in today's pod chat for Future CIO, we have with us Ms. Kathy Huang, Associate Research Director at IDC Asia Pacific, to talk about cloud security, what it is, what we are doing wrong, and what we are doing right about it. Kathy, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Oh, thanks for having me. Hi, Alan. First off, let's start with the definition so we can proceed from there. What exactly is cloud security services? You probably have heard this term, you know, cloud security, probably by different, you know, technology vendors, solution provider. And for a while now, but so far, it was more kind of tied to the technology end. You know, can be Caspi cloud uh, access, you know, gateway type of solution. I know some, you know, stakeholders also see that as a kind of described as, as a service, you know, the change of the consumption model. But here, um, this is actually a study that we are doing first time on the cloud security services. So the emphasis is also on the services, but essentially there are, uh, I, I would say, three components into this. One is really about this whole monitoring and management of the hybrid multi-cloud environment, um, including edge, uh, including on-premises and multiple public cloud platform. So to secure, you need to have good visibility. So the monitoring is, you know, is still it's an important piece. That's also see, we see lots of activities, how kind of MSSP also involve, for example, their platform or to extend the different log sources, you know, in different environment to have that full visibility. So the visibility part is a key uh, component, I would say, under the cloud security services. And the other one, I think, uh, is also related to sort of um, with this uh, massive transition of workload and data you know, into cloud environment, public cloud environment, particularly. So you need to have probably on the kind of the, the configuration management, data security, container. So some of the specific, I would say, security practices, you know, to capture this whole the, kind of the migration, the massive migration. So that's kind of the second bit, important, I would say, capabilities. Last but not least, you know, all the, I think even prior to this whole monitoring, the, the data management and all that, a lot of time you also need to probably have the, so we call embedded professional security services. You probably run an assessment, you know, cloud security compliance, gap analysis, so on and so forth, or blueprint, like a roadmap. Because people, enterprises may have cloud policy or strategy, they have their cyber strategy, but whether they have this strategy, like the intersection of cloud security, in fact, they actually need quite a bit of help you know, from external, I think, service uh, service vendor you know, to help. So that's another um, a third component under all the related cloud professional security services. Why would an organization want to have cloud security services? What's my motivation? Me. Just quickly respond to your, your comment there, Alan. I mean, because cloud security services essentially, I mean, for any of the services, you know, or, or uh, the outcome, right, you have the technology for sure. You have process as well as people. So I think that's a, that's a little bit kind of a different when, when we define the cloud security services here versus some of the technology vendors. When they talk about cloud security, it's more 
probably more towards on the uh, leaning towards technology end, right? So then the key question you're asking here is really, you know, why, right? Why people are considering this? I, I think um, clearly probably multiple data sources or probably, you know, other analysts you probably have spoken to. It's really we see this massive uh, acceptance or shift to the cloud. You know, I think pandemic to a large extent accelerated the journey to that. And it's also these days when we talk about cloud, it's also a little bit quite different from years ago. It was more probably infrastructure as a service, you know, exit, you know, kind of a data center uh, strategy. But the, here, you know, cloud it becomes that underlying platform for almost all the kind of the business, business transformation or business processes you are, you are doing, right? Trying to achieve better agility, better results and outcomes. So that's the, with the wider adoption um, and, and use of cloud, of course, there's a huge implications on the security end. Uh, when there was discussion about shadow IT, you know, the end, the line of business kind of went ahead by using cloud without telling IT. Some, you know, these things still, I think, still exist, still happen. But I think there are just more and more organizations, especially more, I think, more mature on their transformation journey. They usually, they understand the importance. You know, they sometimes they even set aside separate budget when they do the transformation type of projects. You know, how about the security? How about the governance? The trust framework? You you need to go that kind of hand in hand. So by using another popular term, secure by design, right? When you go kind of transform and do some of this, um, the processes, whether you can think security at the very early stage, design stage, that's very important. Last year, we started to see quite a bit of an accelerated migration to the cloud, right? According to Rajneesh, there are still many applications that are still sitting on-prem, though. Okay? They, mm. the enterprise is not willing to move them. So let's assume that I'm a really old-style company. I don't care about the cloud. I'm not e-commerce anyway. I just want to keep everything on-prem. I don't trust the cloud. Does that mean I don't need cloud security services if I, I don't do anything in the cloud? I think to some extent, you know, uh, I would say that the first statement when you read, uh, referring to, you know, my, my colleague's statement, right, um, that kind of, I would call that, that represents the reality, you know, probably from now to a long, a longer period of time, there's going to be this whole hybrid, right, hybrid, multi-cloud environment. Um, I, I don't see even probably um, with some exception of some so-called born on the cloud type of companies, but I think majority of the companies, including public sector, you know, the government agencies, and even financials, and they realize that all the benefits, you know, and also there are different flavors of cloud, you know, this days hyperscalers, you know, public cloud providers, they also offer, you know, AWS outposts, the private cloud version can be, you know, deployed on premises. So they also have that, they can enjoy the, those kind of cloud benefits or characteristics. You know, without necessarily really moving to the to the public cloud platform, that just um, to to some extent from now and I think majority of enterprises is gonna have this multi hybrid cloud environment and covering. I mentioned, you know, the first component when, when we talk about cloud security services is essentially it's about this whole um, multi-cloud, hybrid cloud environment covering on-premises, edge, you know, public cloud. You still need that monitoring. That's also see definitely a shift whether you are ongoing the security operations, you know, that was used to just tailor to your on-premises environment. Now you have more hybrid environment, whether you, is it sufficient? Is it, is it effective? So that's sort of um, you, you need a review, right? So I would say 
is there such a thing as one single big common cloud security challenge for a lot of enterprises in Asia? Or is it different by industry and by company size? Like SMB is different, it's, uh, I mean, larger companies are different, multinationals, global company different? In terms of the specific sort of the challenges or risks, I would say the nature of some of these risks tend to be similar. Uh, but of course, you know, the, the scale or even the cost of that, you know, varies significantly across our markets and industries. But I know we have a stats citing out about 98% of kind of a common common error, right, happening in this whole uh, cloud environment is actually the configuration management. So that's one of, I would say, more operational type of uh, challenge, you know, whether um, that's kind of the, the uh, key risks. But having said that, if you look at the cloud, not on just infrastructure end, but also on the application, whether the way, for example, you use platform as a service, use agile method, modernize your apps, you know, even containerize the apps, right? So there, I think there's also increasing need on the uh, more, I would say, the emerging solutions like uh, container security or DevSecOps, you know, that's, to me, if I take a broader scope or definition of cloud security, that's also that's also um, included. The recent SolarWind hack, to some extent, is related to that. I think, you know, the application related. Is there such a thing as a one-size-fits-all cloud security? <laughs> I ask because when I read vendor press releases or product brochures, they make it sound like, oh, if you buy my solution, that's it. You don't have to buy from anybody else. No, I, I never believe that. I think for, you are talking about that scenario of silver bullet. A silver bullet, yeah, yeah. But in reality, especially on the security, it won't, that's never been the case. Uh, as I still mentioned, in order to have an effective kind of a, a program or achieve your strategy, you need tools, control points, technology. But more importantly, you need also people who know how to use this, right? How to harness the power from those tools and then the process. You know, some of the major incidents uh, happening in the region is they have seen some, you know, abnormalities, but the people probably feel not experienced, not confident enough to escalate or probably, you know, a red flag. So that's related to the process and the people front as well. I think from a security service, especially security services end, we always emphasize more on the kind of the, on the outcome. What uh, are the some of the providers really help? You know, with uh, help the technology buyers or the end users with a suite of capabilities. Technology is one part, but more importantly, the outcome. Right? What are enterprises doing right when it comes to cloud security? There's also a concept quickly, I think, uh, getting traction is about the whole cyber resilience. So the, the fact that, you know, if you have the mentality that you will be hacked no matter what, whether you know, but it's just a matter of time. But if you have measures can quickly detect that, respond to that and minimize the cost, cost of those um, unwanted results can be attacked and data breach, you know, you quickly recover from that. You know, the whole idea of being resilient, you know, when we talk about digital resilience, you know, especially the whole pandemic, cyber resilience, that's something that's also the direction lots of, I think, the CEOs or, you know, the security practitioners are moving towards to achieve. Now, there are many cloud security vendors and solutions out there. How do I determine what is the right one for me? 
okay, that's a good question. But before that, may I just also highlight that even there's a huge increasing value of the whole MDR managed detection response, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to do you know your work and do the investment for the prevention part. Prevention still brings huge benefits. In fact, the whole monitoring, the continuous monitoring, you know, serves that purpose. So you still need you know your firewalls. You still need the the control points right to do the prevention. It's this whole shift. It's kind of reflection. You probably in the in the past there was too much focus just to early uh, to a point, right? People think I have a firewall means I have a good security, you know, but that kind of mentality has gradually, I mean, rapidly changed, right? So not only you need to have a good control point firewalls, you also have a detection response. You have playbooks when bad things happen, you know, what's your communication steps? What are the procedures? So I think that's the value when we talk more about you know, detection and response. And then again, coming to a question, how to select, uh, who to partner with. Again, this is a study that, you know, I'm currently doing just for our Asia-Pac enterprises, you know, the CISOs here. And I'm also equally excited to find out, you know, what will be, um, what would be the uh, the results in terms of who are the players being identified as, let's say, leaders, major players, contenders. But so far, in terms of landscape, uh, to be frank, when it comes to cloud security services, it's still, I think, that the major kind of the global SIs, you know, likes of Accenture, IBM, in the major the security services providers, you know, like Entity Limited, Trustwave, uh, Verizon, the telco background, British Telecom, and then, of course, the consultancies, it's still somewhat the usual folks, right? I mean, because there's also the fact they are pivoting their offering and their model, right? I mean, I mean previously they've been known as a managed security services provider, but now they also have offerings when it comes to cloud security services. So I think from a landscape perspective, it's still those kind of uh, the major services providers with solid cyber capabilities. What about in terms of approach? The threat landscape is changing. The escalation is very fast sometimes. What should be the right approach for CIOs and CISOs when it comes to you know, securing the cloud? What Cloud security, I mean, it's really an umbrella term, to be honest, and the journey, right, the cloud journey really varies according to different organizations. But one thing I think I like to highlight is, uh, which I also sort of mentioned, the whole kind of security by design thinking, when you actually make, make changes, you know, to your environment, you know, because of cloud, because of the demand for, let's say, remote working or any, like, re-architect your network, right, because there's also kind of a sassy type of a better integration of of network and security. So any of the triggers, can you can you please the, for the CISOs or for the C-suite management, you know, think security beforehand. That's gonna be, I, I think that's really gonna be a paradigm shift compared to you know the bottom, you do your changes and then you in deploy or implement, you add on security controls. I mean that kind of thing has proved not to be you know um helpful or effective. So now when we're gonna embrace all this probably transformation, cloud, you know, this is a time to really bring that, you know, the CISO or CIOs together with the business leaders, right, you know, to set probably, you know, the risk appetite, you know, to, uh, we discuss about, you know, if there's have to be a um, kind of attack and all that, but what's the level of tolerance of your risks? You know, can you have the capability to continuously monitor your environment? Those are going to be really uh, key factors for uh, kind of a successful, I would say, you know, cloud security or, or, or security um, thinking. Yeah.
I'm going to ask you something you mentioned a while ago, uh, skill sets, people, right? In the area of cybersecurity, given that we're talking about cloud security services, and uh, so that's almost like outsourcing the services to a, an expert organization. For the enterprise, does that mean I don't need to hire a lot of security professionals? Because anyway, one, they're expensive. Two, they're difficult to find, I guess. And they're all working for the vendor community already. How can I compete against the vendor community? I think there are two ways to look at this. First of all, I think it's not, I think there's a slight difference between like outsource versus outtask. I have interacted, I have no organizations, um, uh, you know, happen to be very mature, have good, uh, like a large budget when it comes to IT or even cyber budget. They will look for good mix of in-source versus outsource kind of a model. And at the same time, you know, they also, they're going to embrace technologies like automation because a good way to really retain to a point, retain the, the people is also not to give them maintain type of tasks. They want to also be have more interesting, more challenging type of work, right? So some of really the layer one, some of the you know the tasks can be automated. You know, it's actually more benefits to be automated. Then you probably can sort of elevate, give them sufficient training. You know, for example, to do let's say vendor management or even incident response, threat hunting. Those are more I would say more advanced, and those are the, also the capabilities and skills are in in demand at the moment. So that's uh, that's on the skills. So usually, you know, as an analyst, I usually advocate a kind of a balanced approach. You still need to have enough knowledge, right? Even you, if you're going to engage an expert, a third party, you still need to have enough knowledge to probably kind of a check and balance in the monitor, the work, what are, are they doing their job? And then, of course, if, you know, IT or even cyber security you know, it's not your core business. If you are a very lean organization like mid-market, yes, you, you don't gain enough competitive advantage, you know, by running an excellent IT organization, right? So that's also the reason why over the years, you know, our forecast, our like numbers um, from market sizing perspective, the managed security services, which include MDR, you know, it's on the growth trajectory, you know, that's because we believe more and more organizations realize that it makes better sense to engage, you know, a third-party trusted service provider in order to do you know some of the the security functions you know security operations related so it really depends on the i think the situation but the talent shortage especially on, on the specific ones for example cloud security but this whole intersection of cloud security it's a reality it's scarce you know <laughs> in the market what is idc's futurescape forecast prediction when it comes to cloud security for 2021 2021. In fact, this year we have a very bold one just on this topic. Prediction number three says, I believe by 2024, two out of three hyperscaler public cloud providers will become the top five managed security service provider. So imagine, you know, it's uh, AWS, you know, Microsoft, GCP, Google Cloud Platform, or even here in China, in the region, Ali Cloud, right? Can you imagine just a couple of years down the road, two of them become the largest managed security service provider. So that's a, that's a very interesting thought process provoking prediction there. Kathy, thank you very much for joining me on Podcasts for Future CIO. My pleasure. Thank you, Alan. That was Kathy Huang, Associate Research Director, Security and Services, IDC Asia Pacific, giving us IDC's take on the future of cloud security services in Asia Pacific. You are listening into Podcasts for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. 
We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.